Welcome, you're listening to Passages. I'm Drew and I got Jason and Tim with me. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Oh man, it's a good night. Uh, trying to get a little bit of packing done, headed to Peru on uh, Friday, so that's yeah, going to get here really, really awesome. soon. Am I ready? No. Do I have anything packed? No. Should you be here? No. Probably not, but I'm not missing podcast night. Well, well I guess next week I may, unless we can somehow or another figure out technology. I don't well, know if we've mastered that yet, but uh, you know, it'd be great to say live via satellite from right. Cusco, say, Peru. Well, live, Come on, yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got a story that I think could uh, impact Jason's life in a significant way. So uh, I want to throw out um, coming from AL.com, Wendy's to test dynamic pricing. <laughs> denies surge pricing model and so this is a story um we're not going to do fast food every well, week i was going to say we might just need you know say this is our fast food segment of the hour well you know in fact if it was the fast food segment of the hour brought to you by if you would like to buy some uh, advertising time uh, we could uh, probably well, come up with something every week and i know at least two-thirds of this group spends a small amount of time at fast food establishments. So it's something we're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. So the price of your next meal at Wendy's could vary depending on the time you place your order. Uh, On an earnings call earlier this month, the president and CEO of Wendy's announced that the company will invest about $20 million into digital menus at at all the stores. Dynamic pricing is a fluctuating price strategy based on external factors, including supply, demand, and time of day. So this came out, and the first time I heard about it, you know, it it was like, well, how could that, you know, if it's based on time of day, uh, price goes up at meal time i mean that's when you go that to a restaurant sense. right yeah. i mean you know so if you go for the baconator let's just say theoretically hypothetically yeah that that could happen it could maybe even on the if way home go at, yeah but you know it could be good for you because yeah. if you go at a low demand hour you know maybe you get a cheap baconator as opposed to at noon so you know this could work in your favor but they got they clearly got some blowback because they came out with this first statement and then it said in a later statement however Wendy's backed off the idea that food prices will fluctuate during the day Wendy's will not implement surge pricing which is the practice of raising prices when demand is highest we didn't use that phrase nor did we plan to implement that practice which meant they fully intended to implement that practice sure. but they called it dynamic pricing and then they they got some blowback yeah. uh, on and, and so they also said that they're going to invest more resources into their breakfast menu now i will say personally that i tried Wendy's breakfast one time and those folks don't know what a biscuit is there's no way I go there for, I've for breakfast. I've never heard of a Wendy's I believe breakfast. that it had like a piece of egg, some sausage, a cheese, the the basics. And I'll tell you, it had to be a hamburger bun that and they put that And some bread-like on. substance. And can you imagine biting into a hamburger bun at breakfast time? That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah you know, it's there's no another, good. I can't think of it. There's another place that does their breakfast sandwich, and it's on a hamburger bun, and it's a foul. No, it that is work. not appropriate. And, I mean, the the breakfast game at fast foods not that tough. I mean, you know, go get the equivalent of some grands, pop them open, and, and put some meat and cheese in between yeah. them and be done yeah. with it. I mean, it's not grandma's biscuits or anything, but well, you gotta go down to it's the, uh, serviceable. 
the American Legion and recruit some veterans to frequent your establishment every morning at 7 a.m. That's it. That's when you know you've made it. Hardy's tapped into that a long time. Oh, they did. man. Until they went red burrito, and then they lost that crowd and Jacks took over. Well, I think they were specializing in the World War II guys. Yeah, maybe, perhaps. Mm. So here's a question. Yeah. So you said they were investing $20 million in digital technology, and they're investing more in their breakfast functions, right? That's right. Could we not invest in digital technology? Technology. I think I just had and a mini stroke. And breakfast. And the breakfast. And as we well. could just cut prices on the baconator. Wouldn't that seem to be a great idea? People at Wendy's, if you're listening to me, and I'm, I like to consider myself one of the family. Um, if we could not invest in the digital, like signage. menus and signage, mm-hmm. and just drop that price a couple of bucks per combo. That would be awesome. We have, we've already admitted your fries are good. Right. You have the greatest fast food burger known to man. Now if we could just get that thing fairly priced. But it says that part of what will come into play is supply and demand. So what you're telling me, those that took over Wendy's from Dave Thomas, who would never do such a terrible thing no. as this, is that when you plan so poorly that, let's say, for instance, you run out of Chocolate Frosties or French fries or... Yeah, they're always out of potatoes. Pota- always oh, out of baked potatoes. potatoes. That's a terrible... Always M- out Millie of will send me... Uh, I just like a plain baked potato. Can't get uh, it. We're out of those. It's like uh, there's Publix 100 yards behind you. you. What, Could we you, not go get some You know potatoes? what will happen now? I'd like a plain baked potato. Sure, that'll be $27. Uh, we have it, one. So you know, they are doing... So they're do- I, I got it's, lost in the So story. it said that they're not doing surge pricing at the highest demand times but it says that dynamic pricing is a fluctuating pricing strategy based on external factors including supply demand and time of day then they backed off on the time of day well you're left oh, with supply and supply demand and demand, or the same thing as time of day i don't know maybe it means that like times of the day there's a higher demand maybe it's this if we're about to throw it in the dumpster at 15 till 11 We'll knock a couple of bucks off that like bacon air. Field last night, which could work for you. It ball could because I'm night, always the, late. The, the go, said, the go home or bogo. That's yeah. that's what they're gonna do. There you go. That may be it. So maybe it's a way for them to clean out the, you know, the fryer at the end of the day or something. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. And it was a late night at the old ball field last night because I didn't get home till late. We were home. Y'all were away. We were, I saw uh, the bus come back through. Cares. Yeah. Um. So. I, I'll jump into my segment. Yep, I, go. I'm going to call an audible because I, I was going to talk about something that delved back into the food world, but let's let's back away from the food world. <laughs> and I want to talk about an interesting conversation I had with a patient earlier this week. Now, we won't divulge any HIPAA-related information, but I'm just going to say this lady was into her 90s. So this is an older senior. She narrowed it down member. for us quite a bit. Well, you still don't know who, but here we go. We had a discussion that since she was born, the things, I don't know how we got on this. Sometimes you just have these random conversations. Things that you have seen change over your lifetime oh, and yeah. most impactful things. So, I mean, we're talking someone that lived all the way through World War II, was a small child, but was still old enough to remember World War II. And 
I mean, she saw... She was born in the 30s? Yes, yeah, saw phones, saw internet, saw utilities. I mean, the milkman was delivering when she was a child to the house, delivering these glass bottles of milk to the house. Mm-hmm. So it got me thinking, and it was one of the ideas I had as I was thinking about the podcast tonight. So I've lived on this planet. I'm in my mid-40s. You're late 40s, Tim. You're early 50s. Right. <laughs> if that, if that's what fifty-seven is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to. Sure I, was, I was trying to help you with that. You're supposed to say, "Sure, that sounds just right." But so in our lifetimes, we've seen some major changes. What's the the biggest thing you've seen in your life that you really, really like? You could not live without. So for me, I was at least young enough I can remember when air conditioning was starting to become oh, a big dude, thing. In fact, the house that I grew that I was born in, I don't think we had air conditioning. It was either upstairs. I, I don't remember. There was part of it that wasn't because I always remember the attic fan. You know, it would like pull your hair up. It had so much power, and you had the windows open with box fans going. I can remember that. So um, you're telling me you were born in a house without air conditioning? No, I, we had air conditioning, I think, on the main level. I think on the main level, but it was like a split-level house. Uh, and I okay. remember it just being always hot and the attic fan running. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're upstairs, the cool air, it's going down. It's, yeah. it's going. But there was that. And then, you know, of course, the modern cell phone. I mean, I still remember stopping and using pay phones and how, you know, that was just an odd thing you'd call collect sometimes i mean these are things our kids buying phone cards was something i used to do in college to make calls home did you do the Um, collect call where they would deny it but you would fake it out with like a piece of information like oh no i would just uh, say call me back and they'd call me back and right. use their long distance instead of me paying long. But, you know, I mean, this lady saw so many major changes in her life. But what are some of the things you see, you've seen in your life that just, it's just crazy to you that it's changed so much? Well, I, I will start with just to ditto the air conditioning. Yeah. Because uh, in the Leighton house, when, when we sold the house, still didn't have central air. Um, so it had central heat, but no, no central air. So when I can, I think I can remember, and my sister, who's one of our listeners can, uh, help me out with this somewhere down the line. Um, I think I can remember when we got the first air conditioner, I remember a giant fan that went into the window, um, that had a cage around it that sat in the window like a window unit mm-hmm. air conditioner does. And I remember that being maybe even in my bedroom on one end of the house. So this was a house with a long hall and rooms on each side and then a den and a kitchen on the end of the you know, front end of the house. And so um, for for a significant period of time there was only a an, a window unit air conditioner in the den, you know, that that would have pointed into the den mm-hmm. in the kitchen, and then there was an then there was a window unit that went into my room, and my sister's room and, and mine were across from each other, and in the other end of the house it would blow back across. Then eventually my mom got one in her room, which was next to mine, but there was never central air in there. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that the people who bought the house put in central air. Um, but it was it was window units and and for a while 
I know for a while it was only the one in one end of the house. Yeah. And so hmm. and so I remember, you know, our rooms being cool back in the back was a game changer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just... Well, just having, laying in bed not sweating had to be yeah. really a nice and thing. And y'all know me enough to know yeah. now I have... I have made up for that in a major way Indeed. because I and mm-hmm. I'll live in a in the Arctic. I yeah. mean, it's it's no problem. <laughs> my, Alabama and, power you know, thanks me every year. You know the last the last few days, and we just you know today there's a front blew through and the and the temps dropped. But I thought it, it got to about seventy five, and I thought summer's coming. Can't do this, guys. Now, although I like, I enjoy being outdoors, and you know, we've got a pool that we enjoy outside. I like the longer days. Man, I I love. But cold those hundred degree temps are yeah. awful. And and y'all know, I will wear my short pants in February, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. and people be like, what? And and short sleeve shirts, and they're mm-hmm. like, dude, it's freezing. And I I tell them. I store up a lot of heat in the summer that I've got to get rid of. <laughs> I'd almost be willing to give up an arm before I gave up air conditioning. Oh, uh, man. It would be a tough decision. Yeah. I'd clearly give a finger up for yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Drew? I'd, 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 I'd drop a digit. Yeah. All right, Drew. Wow. What, how about you? I, well, first of all, I'm feeling very privileged because I don't remember any time in my life not having air conditioning. I do remember many evenings when my parents didn't use the air conditioning but we've always had air conditioning and that may have been i was young i was seven when we moved out of that house i just remember it being hot and the attic fan and the box fans running all the time yeah our one of our listeners will probably correct me later tonight or whenever this thing Uh hits the airwaves i you know i you had i had a, a good one until you said well you qualified it at the end by saying that you just I think you said something like that you just couldn't live without. Oh, well, just throw anything out. But, There's you know, no the biggest here. development in my lifetime has been the Internet. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you want to feel really old, just tell somebody a story about how we did things before the Internet. It's been around long enough. I mean, I had the Dewey Decimal System memorized at one point. I mean, yeah. we had to go to library and practice the Dewey Decimal System. I used system. the Dewey Decimal System, and... Uh, I was in college when the internet started to be used at my mm-hmm. college, and it was all script, all text-based, yep. no pictures. And I remember it was a big deal my senior year when we started getting pictures over the internet. But could I live without it? Absolutely. I mean, not in this world. Yeah, no. But if the whole world went back to pre-internet days i'd be just fine oh i think i would be pretty comfortable what year was that when internet really hit the mainstream 94 93 94 94 95 not 93 because i know i didn't have email till i got in college in 97 that was my first email address somewhere around there before it started taking so in had an email address what 30 years we now carry it around in our that's my kids can't understand how quickly that changed because um, I can still remember going to the old encyclopedia to look stuff up. Oh, then, man, we had a set of world books. Oh, y'all, y'all can't hide money, Tim. You know, we had the Compton we, Encyclopedia. We didn't have Central Air, but we had a set of world books. I'll tell you I that much. What, what we, we had encyclopedias. I don't remember. And, uh, you know, so those reports came out of those came out of those world books yeah, oh, yeah. because, I mean, it was like I got to do a report on Abraham Lincoln. Go get the L off the shelf. The other and, night, uh, Jason and I were talking about using those maps that were uh, books with spiral binding. 
Uh-huh. And if you oh, wanted yeah. to go somewhere that you'd never been before and you didn't have directions that you wrote on a napkin, oh, you'd have to go to the index, yeah. look up the street. It would say page 45, C3. You'd flip over to the page and then try not to have a wreck oh. hunting down the road. I know I've told you all that this story before, pain. but while, while we're on those, um, after my mom had cancer, I think it was in remission, and she was in a period of time where she didn't have to take treatments. And, and Millie and I um, took her on an, um, a vacation to Branson, Missouri. <laughs> and so we went up and we saw, you know, the Shoji Tabuchi and the right. Lawrence Welk show and a whole bunch of stuff. Wayne Newton, who put, who put her to sleep, literally <laughs> well, put her to sleep. That Wayne Newton overrated guy. you know he yeah, never he, understood it and it was clear, always preferred it, fig well Newton. it was clear that he didn't belong in branson missouri he belonged in las vegas yeah i mean i don't know why but you know he was like the man in las vegas branson missouri the theater was half full and it was a yawner and it and basically he had the the uh, theater on loan from the oak ridge boys because like the Oak Ridge Boys would do half a year up there, and then he would come in and do the other half, and then I think he went back to Las Vegas, which yeah. was a good move on his part. Okay, back to the story about the uh, about the Atlas. So, um, so we had bought a book. I mean, we planned this trip out, you know. So it's like, what are the places we want to eat? Because Branson, you know, it, it's like Gatlinburg in a lot of ways. You know, there's a, you know, one big road, and then there's mm-hmm. all these restaurants and all these theaters. And so, you know, we had bought a travel book about Branson. What are the best shows to see? We bought tickets to, you know, all the all the best ones. We decided we had it all mapped out, and then it was time to travel. And so I get out the giant Rand McNally Atlas or whatever. And so I, I look at the route to go to Branson, Missouri. And I say, well, we could go over here and hit the take the interstate across and then the interstate up. Or we could go up here. It looks like we could cut off an hour or two or a hundred miles where you made your by going through Jonesboro, Arkansas, and then getting into southern um southern missouri and then going west for about 60 miles and so there was a straight line road there for 60 miles in southern missouri tip to measure or did you get a ruler out i I think i probably measured every knowing knowing myself i probably measured every bit of this out and said he had a protractor out i guarantee it is 73 miles shorter if we go this way i'm a genius it's like Lewis and Clark here. I have mm-hmm. figured out the secret at, to getting to Branson, 94 Missouri. cents a gallon. This will save us a this, ton of listen, money. This is this is easy money right here. So we we went up. I think we maybe spent the night. We went to church in Jonesboro, Arkansas, I remember. And then we headed on north. And you know somehow how sometimes there's a little fine print in, in, in those atlases. <laughs> You know, that maybe you need a Not little to scale. magnifying glass for. Well, the part that I didn't read said Mark Twain National Forest. Oh. And so that little road right there ran for 60 miles through the Mark Twain National Forest. And you know what I learned? They can't draw U-turns for 60 miles in a Rand McNally Switchbacks. Atlas. Switchbacks. So they just, just went with the straight oh, line. It 
the, it, it was sick it was 150 miles of road packed into 60 miles of a straight uh-huh. line. Is that where the motion sickness started, Tim? Not for me because I was driving. <laughs> However, my dear bride was was flanked out in the back seat <laughs> taking a nap, and when she woke up, she was sick as a dog because oh, all imagine. we had done was just and we we all all the way through there it'd say you know. Uh, Bug Tussle, uh, Missouri, population 17, you know, and we come to the next little, you know, wide place in the road, population 32. And I mean, it was a, it was, it was an interesting ride, but I thought it would never end because, and so what, what would we do today? Pull up old ways or maps or whatever. And it would laugh at that idea right there. And so that's a big one. Um, yeah, I think the navigation is is the best development over the yeah. last oh, couple it, decades. For a you guy that gets lost and turns around all the time, it's perfect. But for you me. know, the other thing on the phone that's sort of revolutionary, you know, and, and we talk about the phone a lot in less than positive ways as we, it's appropriate to do, photography. Mm-hmm. Right? So we take pictures of everything all the time mm-hmm. now, right? You know, if you're you turned, get the film if, if developed. you're turned an interesting way, right? I mean, yeah. so you know, back in the day, it was a big deal when you were taking a picture because number one, you only had 24 shots on that roll. I got to go back and buy some more film. I got to get this film developed, and so you know, the number of pictures that that we had were really limited, oh, and none of them were like very today. good because. You couldn't see them until after you right. got them developed. You yeah. just hope it turned yeah. out. That's right. And so you, you know, I we go on vacation. Like we, I think we went on our honeymoon, and we had, you know, we had packed like six rolls of film, right? Which we had spent a month's, mm-hmm. you know, salary on or something. And and so you know, you gotta you gotta spread that out, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, we gotta be careful because yeah, you, you, you gotta pace yourself. I, I can only try to take one shot at this thing, you know, of this volcano erupting, right? You know, before, cause you know, Maybe I gotta, that's why people are so indulgent these days. There's no pacing in the technology. Could because be it. that's, I remember when text messaging first came out, mm-hmm. you get like 12 texts a day or now something like that. Now they're unlimited. And it's noon. I've already sent out two texts. I better slow down. Yeah, that is I'm true. getting greedy here. <laughs> There's no guardrails up to slow slow our indulgence in the technology. No, no. That's right. We have to do it ourselves. Well, I'd like to start a segment here. I, I'm, I'm trying to get something started. Last week, I got us to switch over from calling it stories to segments. All right. Mm-hmm. Now I'd like to name our segments. I think we have enough material going to have a fast food segment from time to time. Not not every week. Uh-huh. And uh, I'd like to call this segment Rock, rock News. Rock, 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 rock News. Rock News. Rock News. Rock News. So I have some rock news. Okay. First of all, the nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right. And, and have y'all noticed, I don't know if you pay much attention to the nominees for Rock and Roll Hall no, of Fame. I do. Or inductees. Mm-hmm. But there, there's not a whole lot of rock and roll music being made these days, so they're getting creative. <laughs> yes, we they are. We might say with the inductees. This is going to disappoint me, isn't it? Uh, yeah. 
if you're if you were dumb enough to Don't, have high hopes, please I tell mean, me that that a certain individual that we have maligned in here on multiple oh, occasions isn't on this she's list. She's not yet. on here okay, yet. Good. But okay, here I'm just going to read. Creed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh man, let's hope not. Okay, the first I guess this is, this is alphabetical order. Mary J. Blige. Not rock and roll. No. It's not, not rock and roll. Yep. Mariah Carey. Not now, rock and roll. These are just nominees, by the way. Yep. They're not necessarily oh, they, in. They, you can vote so on these every day. We're still in the window of voting. So Who votes? This is a so public anyone service. can vote? Anybody can vote. Well, there's the problem. They, well, there's, there's a scale. Okay. Like the popular vote is a part of the okay. process. Because you've got two, two people that have they made rock music ever. So what no. would you say Mary J. Blige is? Is she rap? Is she R and B? R and B, hip hop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mariah, much more popular, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pop music. Cher, is she rock and roll? You know, are we talking about her now or her in 1960 when she? <laughs> what was she doing on that song? That was like a historic song. Because they is the first time they used auto tune in a recording, and it was a right? lot of auto tuning in Thank that. Thank you, Cher, for bringing that into the world. But but I think she would have been considered rock in the late '60s, early '70s. The best thing she, Cher ever did. Now, of those three, she's definitely more rock than Mariah yeah, Carey yeah. or Mary J. Because Blige. of "I Got You, Babe," is that her rock hit? I'm just saying. I'm going to tell you see, what that blew my eardrums out. I got I can Sonny see, and Cher. I can see where they would classify her based on yeah, her she, past. Not she's more pop music today. She was today. hippie culture. Yeah, yeah. She, she's yeah. not either. She's just closer than the other two. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, and you know, what's this? What's with the snub of Sonny? It's true. It's the mustache. Anyway, next, this one surprised me. Uh, Dave Matthews Band. But I guess they've been around long enough to yeah. Yeah. get a nomination. They're the most rock yeah. band so that's far. been mentioned so yeah. far. They're the, uh, yeah. yeah. Here's one I know that y'all were expecting. Eric B. and Rakim. I've oh, never heard of these yeah. people. Eric B. and Rakim. Who, who doesn't love a little Eric B. and Rakim? Now I'm going to have to Eric Google them. I have no clue who that is. Not a clue. Here's one. I. This. So this how, is, can, how can you go... I mean... I listen to, it's you know, ca- 106.9 The Eagle, classic rock all the time. Yeah. Surely, if they're deserving of the Hall of Fame, I should have heard of them. This right. is... I don't think they're I rock. I might not Even like Google them, has them listed as a hip-hop duo. Okay. Yeah. See, they're bringing hip-hop into the rock and they roll are. thing. They are. And, and there's a lot more of that to come here. Yeah. Foreigner, that's okay. the classic rock yeah. band on oh, here. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a huge... You know, I'm not a big foreigner. I'm not a fan. big foreigner fan. But I think I did have a copy of Foreigner Four, the album. But listen, listen to 106.9 for four hours. You're going to hear one or two foreigner yeah. songs. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Somebody likes them. Peter Frampton. I'm surprised he's not already in there. Yeah, and that's that's a deserving one. He should be no, there. The, yeah. No, you don't feel. Yeah. Oh he yeah. Made his guitar talk. Oh yeah. I think his live album's like one of the best-selling live albums. Frampton Comes Alive, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and absolutely. I think he inspired other artists to use that technology. I think he was kind of the first to do that technology. The talk, yeah. Guitar thing. 
Jane's where addiction. Where that thing, tube thing the tube in the on the microphone. Yeah. yeah. Jane's addiction. Sure. No. It's a 90s band. Oh, I remember them. They're probably not going to make it in this time, but they were big behind, like, the, the guy that did that. He um, he organized Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. Yeah. How do you say it? Lollapalooza. So they started the festivals yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, cool and the Gang. That's not a rock band. No, not rock. That'd be funk, maybe? Funk, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Lenny Kravitz. Lenny's rock. Yeah, that, he's, that's he's leaned rock. into rock. That's yeah. a solid yeah. nomination yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. I saw him the other day, and uh, he's still really cool. Yeah, I wish I could be that cool. <laughs> yeah, that dude is cool. He just oozes cool. Was it on <laughs> the <laughs> commercial where he's advertising cologne? No, he was performing. Oh, okay. I mean, and he's still got it. Yeah. Uh, he's not that old. He's not. He's yeah. not, but, but, but he hasn't been around for a while. Yeah, I mean, not he, in the he, limelight. I think it's time to put him in there. Oasis. Yeah, you I know. Just, I mean, they're I mean, not my favorite. They were influential, yeah. but I never got into them. Sinead O'Connor, no. Hey, Lenny Kravitz, Kravitz is 59 years old. Well, it's not yeah. that old, is it, Tim? It's not, <laughs> it's not that no. old. I'm shocked by that. Sinead O'Connor, oh, never. I, I just, no. She had one hit, Yeah, and I mean, that, felt that, sorry for her. You know her. what that is. That's a, politi- that's a political move right there, uh, right? Yeah, because yeah. she tore died. Up, tore up the picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. You remember right. that? Oh, mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. And then she disappeared after that, pretty much. Yeah. And that was Didn't a, even write her a big hit. It was the Illuminati, probably. Oh. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, Ozzy. Yeah. How's he not in there already? I guess Black he, Sabbath is in there. I bet Black Sabbath's in there, yeah. Um, Sadie? I have no clue. I don't know oh, is that Sade? Is that... Oh, is did that, I say it wrong? How do you spell I, that? It's S-A-D-E, right? Yeah. I think that's... Sade? But again... Like Who is R, that? like R and B, I think. Jason, give us a give uh, us some, a English give us some band. Sing. No, it's I think it's a it's a lady, uh, S- right? S A D E. I just have the name. This just S-A-D-E. says band S A D E English band formed in London in 1982. Um, That's probably it. Their genres are soul, smooth jazz, sophista pop, progressive soul, and R and B. Don't that's hear on, rock and roll in that. And that's coming off of okay, but, Sadie but, or Sade.com. But Charday sang Smooth Operator. Smooth Operator. And I have heard that song. Yeah. On so yacht, I, want, I mean, that's Yacht Rock or something like that, yeah. I guess. Should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <coughs> no. Yeah, and I then agree. last, Tribe Called Quest. Very influential hip-hop band, yeah. not rock and roll. Right. Now, those are nominee, nominees. So Foreigner, Lenny Kravitz. Dave Matthews Band, maybe. I mean, I can see uh, Oasis. Oasis. So is is, yeah. is Tribe Called Quest different than, like, the folks who play for Jimmy Fallon right now? I That's mean, is the roots. But Quest Love's in there, right? Oh, um, was he? I, maybe he was in that group. I think so. It's not the same guys, right? So, But there's an overlap between Tribe Called Quest and the roots, I believe. Because yeah. Quest Love's in the roots. I, I, I think I, that's right. Yeah, I don't really listen to hip hop because I can't because it's filthy. So, yeah, there's your public service announcement for for the episode. We're still in rock news. Rock news. I feel like we're doing a cheesy MTV show. Um, I might have to go back in and but, do some uh, but sound effects. So, do you know who they segment. was? It last year that they inducted Dolly Parton into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh yes, and then See, she made that horrible. Uh, 
And then she felt obliged album. to make a rock album. Did she make a rock album? Yes. yes. Oh, I haven't heard it. Terrible I'm not going to listen to it. One of these days we're going to have our soundboard with and the technology where I can play if things. We had well, a sponsor, if we had a sponsor that would want to sponsor a soundboard. I don't know. <laughs> we're all ears. Flag for pay- playing music that's not royalty free, but it's just, it's what you would think it would be. It's really bad. All right, so on this list, who really deserves it? Dave Matthews. I'll go with that. Yeah. I think Oasis will get it just because. I think Oasis will get there because of their influence. Ozzy needs to be there. Ozzy. Ozzy, because he, you know, Crazy Train was not a Black Sabbath song. He has a number of of kind of famous songs. Did he have another group, too? He had another group, didn't he? What was it? I. so he he was Ozzy Osbourne and he was Black Sabbath, but wasn't there somebody else? Well, he you know, he had what was different the bands backing him up, but he was always Ozzy. I thought there was another group that he was in, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably wrong. I'm I'm doing a little research. Hold on, just well, I got I got a band that but, were all but there's other ones. I mean, I'm sure like Johnny Cash. And, I mean, there there's some that I'm sort of okay if they were influential. So influential in the music business that they, you know, like, you know. Well, there's certainly some rockers that followed Cash, you know, that developed what he did and brought it into rock and roll. And so you induct them because of their their, their, influence. But it's still got to be an influence on rock music. Right. I mean, they've just turned this into a music hall of fame, right? You know, and, and. it's like no, this is supposed to be rock and roll. Now it's said that I'm he did uh, Ozzy performed with a band called Earth. Never heard of them early on we or all something. Have yeah, Earth Records, and I've got a poster of Earth on my. <laughs> I bet there's a bunch of records at a flea mall somewhere for him. Somewhere. All right, have y'all heard the news about Don Henley? Rock news. I have. So or this I is saw interesting. an article about it, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I really need and to I read love the this. Eagles. This is about Hotel well, California all, Tim, album, first right? First of all, can we get something straight? It's not The Eagles. The name of the band is Eagles. I stand corrected. So I'm going to read well, this should. article. This is he one just of the reason stood I'm you this. to the face. I, <laughs> that's what uh, Glenn Fry in an interview, he said he corrected somebody one time. I remember this, and he said, uh, the band is not The Eagles. Everybody says it wrong. It's Eagles. Hey, I saw yeah. what was and left. That, that's the kind of same kind of attitude that made them break up for 30 years yeah, right. before they yeah. finally got hey, back Hey, I together. saw what was left of The Eagles. I'm sorry. Uh, Eagles perform last fall. They still put on a really good show. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Really good show. Was that with Vince Gill? It was with Vince Gill. His last... His last, he's not touring with them anymore, I don't he? think and so. And was that with Glenn's son? Glenn's son was there, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, so... French, right? Fry? Don Henley and Glenn Fry followed a routine while while writing some of the most emblematic and enduring songs of the 1970s. The men who co-founded Eagles, I'm correcting the article as I read it. Mm -hmm. Well, you should. Would rent a house and bring in a piano and guitars. The two would rise in late morning. Not a surprise there. Musician time, Mr. Henley testified in a Manhattan courtroom. They would make coffee, then have philosophical conversations, and begin trying out riffs and discussing song titles, subject matters, concepts. Mr. Henley paid particular attention to lyrics, crafting and refining them on legal pads. The pages came to have a deeply personal meaning, and Mr. Henley said he saved them inside a barn on his organic farm in Malibu, California. 
They have a deeply personal meaning to me. I'm going to keep them in the barn. In the barn. Did now something the happen center. to the barn? I have a feeling his barn is probably not what we think of oh, as a yeah. barn. Yeah. It's probably got his Porsches parked in it. Yeah. It's like that one across the street from my house. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. Now they are now the notes are at the center of an unusual prosecution in state Supreme Court. A rare book dealer, Glenn Horowitz, is accused along with two other men of conspiring to possess stolen property, some 100 pages of Mr. Henley's handwritten notes and drafts for hits like New Kid in Town, Hotel California, and Life in the Fast Lane. I had Hotel California. All three of those songs are on that album. Yep. So that's the time frame. Yeah, it was that album. The article I read said it was specifically that album that these notepads came from. So basically, I'm not going to read this New York Times, so it'll go on for 20 pages, but um, he was being interviewed by a biographer or something, and he gave this guy the handwritten lyrics to take For the biography. It had something to do with the biography, and then he kind of forgot about it for a while, and then maybe he saw it for sale. Oh, no. And he was like, hey, wait a minute. Or he was looking for them, mm-hmm. and he realized uh, about 10 years ago, right, Jason? Mm-hmm. He's been fighting this for a yeah. decade. It's just now going to court. Somebody had yeah. stolen the handwritten lyrics. But had they songs. stolen them, or did he give them to so well, he, he gave them but the person? He gave them to the person for the research. His side is he gave them to the guy to help with the research for the biography. And that's the truth. I believe that. That's yeah. the truth. And then, it's, it's, then they, they they were, were they stolen. stolen from that guy or something? No, he or sold he, them. No, he, he, he held them. on to them. And then after statute of, limit, statute of limitations, I guess, he thought, well, he, he's not missing but these. But to I'm me, make some it's, bank. it's Henley's intellectual property. So I think he's going to end up winning the case. He now, better be win. Wrong. He should. It's ridiculous this has gone on as long as it has. It really is. But that's his stuff, you know. He, yeah. And I bet, unlike a a certain computer shop that said if your stuff is here for a certain amount of time, it becomes the the possession of the computer shop, I bet he didn't have one of those writers when he handed the documents over to this guy. So there should be no statute. Yeah, the the biographer didn't say, you know, if you don't come get these in three years, they're mine. Well, and I think the biographer could look at him and say, oh, I know what these are, and then call Don Henley and say, Mm -hmm. hey, do you want these back, or what do you want to do with these? I would like a copy of them just so I could figure out what Hotel California is all about. Uh, I've been wondering since I was a kid. Yeah. It's a little weird. It's a strange. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. Right. Hmm. I like the guitars. I mean, that's. Yeah. Hey, even live, even in their more advanced age, they can still play and sing that song very, very well. You know that line, her mind is Tiffany twisted. Yeah. I sang that definitely twisted until last year. And then my wife was laughing at me, and I said, what? And she's like, it's Tiffany twisted. Well, I will tell you, that's where the streaming services that put the lyrics up yeah. now oh, is a yeah. game changer. Full circle. Yeah, back. I've, I've got the little we Amazon. I've yeah. got the Amazon that has the little small screen yeah. that sits yeah. uh, in front of my yeah, keyboard. Those are neat. And when I, when I play the music, it runs, and I'm like, just com- continually that's, enlightened. That's it's like I what? have been singing that wrong. For you know, years. which for me it's like play Elton John, and so you know it starts <laughs> and it's like how many things does he say? And it's like what in the world is it true uh, that he says 
Hold Me Close Tony Danza? It is exactly true. It says on there, Tony Danza. Okay, that's what yeah. I always thought that lyric said. And Tony was only like six years old then, which makes it, it really weird, weird too. Yeah. So, um, but there's just... Uh, we may my, have to cut that out. My, my cousin um, used to think that in the song Goodbye Yellow Brick Road that Elton sang the cats won't pee in your penthouse <laughs> <laughs> and I can't even think of what that real line is right yeah. the cats won't pee in your penthouse I'm going back to my plow you know so um yeah and he was just okay with that <laughs> he was okay yeah. with it he's a fan yeah. of the song we, how many lyrics did we have in the 70s? And we're like, no idea what this meant. And sometimes yeah. they would interview Elton and Bernie Taupin, and they would be like, so what did that mean? And they're like, we have no idea. We yeah, just made we were, we just we put were some words high together. As a kite when we wrote just that. put some words together. Remember, sounded good, right? You remember when the cassette started having on the front cover, you could open it up no, and the oh, lyrics. Yeah, man, yeah. I mean that thing would be that thick, but it would it had Tiny all print. the lyrics, and it was so cool to read yeah. through those. Yeah. I, you know, the song, uh, the Beatles song, "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds." Mm-hmm. There's a line in there: "The girl with kaleidoscope eyes," mm-hmm. and I thought he was saying, "The girl with kaleidos goes by." Oh, if the girl with colitis goes by, you're gonna know. There was some smell. (laughs) Poor girl. Here here she comes, guys. There she is. Your nose, like Hansel and Gretel, (laughs) just leaving a little bread trail. We're back. Thank you for sticking with us so far. Uh, Tim, you got a quote for today, so yeah, read us so, the next passage. Yeah, let's get to our passage. So uh, this one is, I believe, the second quote that we've done from uh, Robert Louis Stevenson. So uh, we won't go into a biography there or anything, but let's just get straight on to the, the passage for tonight. Uh, it is, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. So um, I liked that one, and I think that it has a lot of everyday application, and it also has some really good applications as it deals to our work for the Lord, our our work in the church, our spiritual lives. So, um, you know, one thing to me is we are so results oriented in so many areas of our lives that um, that that's just our judgment of success or failure and um, I think that this is good um, this this quote helps a little bit with the idea that we need to be careful in um, only judging by big results of things and you know, sometimes maybe we we look at something and we have a a big loss, but there may be a ton of good things and victories that that occur. Um, I worked on something last year um, at work that took most of the year. It didn't take like all mm-hmm. of my time. But I worked on it over the course of the year, and and we we dug and we met with 
uh, attorneys and we, we were, we were working on a, a potential change in the way that we were charging uh, a particular fee and it was going to have some really positive results and we're really excited about it and we kept working and working and I, I met with folks and I just came to the conclusion one day there is no way that we can do this accurately. And so I went back to my boss and I'm like, we need to shut this down. We, but we need to stop this. It doesn't make sense. And you could tell that I think she was more disappointed for me than even I was disappointed myself because you know, it was a good thing and to get to the end and have success was good. And, you know, she was trying to pump me up. It's like, you know, we really learned a lot of things along the way here and some things that we can use. And we made some new contacts with folks and learned some new people and things, you know. And so, but, you know, it, it's it's disappointing whenever you do, you know, it something doesn't have the result and the success and the celebration that you want. But, uh, sometimes we don't need to, to judge our lives that way based on the big successes. So, yeah. One thing that um, I like about this quote is it's a way that you can have a sense of control, mm-hmm. uh, especially in our day and age. We've been talking in this podcast about how much things have changed. You know, in the old days when you were in manufacturing or farming or other industries from, you know, the the days before the modern innovations that have come up, you could see your work pretty quickly from point A to point B was a short distance. Mm-hmm. These days it, we're more service oriented and we don't really know the effects of what we're doing. And um, I think that applies to all three of us and what we do. You don't get to see the end result. If you ever do, it's years down the road. Mm-hmm. But if you focus on what seeds you're sowing, you can have that sense of accomplishment. Uh, we had a program here at church for a while, an evangelism program called Sowing the Seed. And we said, don't count you know, baptisms, don't count uh, results. Let's not count new members. Let's count seeds that we sow. A seed could be a Bible study. A seed could be an invitation to church. Right. And you just make a goal of, I'm going to plant... 10 seeds a week or whatever. And that might be cards that you write. Right. But what you can the, do what's the that. thing that you can do and then you accomplished it and then something comes of it. And and sometimes what, what we don't have the ability to measure is the time that germination takes mm-hmm. when That's it comes right. to seed, right? It is, reminds me of Paul's statement, you know, um, Paulus planted, I watered, but God gave the growth. Right. And we don't know God's part. His time is is different from ours. And you got got to also consider the soil of the person's heart. And that person's free to make whatever decision he or she wants to make. All we can do is plant the seed. Well, even the biblical example about planting the seed, it was a one quarter of the seed that was planted produced and produced yes. very. I mean, some of it produced and it was choked out or it died out. But only a quarter of what was what was sown actually brought a really bountiful harvest. I really like the control element that you brought up with this too, because even if you go back to as simple as the idea of going out into a field and planting seed and waiting for the harvest, 
the only thing we can control is the seed that we're planting. So the harvest you reap has a lot of other influences, kind of what you were just talking about. I mean, I can't control if it rains. I can't control the soil quality very well. And so the one thing I can control every day is doing what I can to, to produce and to, to plant and to put out this seed. Yeah. And if I've done that, then I've done all I can do. And I have to sit back and let time take its course and see the result. But we are really, and we force our kids to be really result-oriented sometimes mm-hmm. to the point of it's not what you're doing, but it's what did this produce. Right. And that's a I dangerous get, thing because yeah. the sometimes— less I, feel control over results yeah and the less i worry about it i think i'm still too worried about it but uh i i think we just need to think about doing the right things as best as we can and leaving the rest to god and the other people we're trying to influence i think uh, you know what jason's about to go do is a good example of this right so jason's heading on a medical mission mm-hmm. and so it's one of those situations where the whole premise of this is, you know, they're they're running a, a clinic associated with the church in Cusco, and it's all about seed planting. Y'all aren't trying to seal the deal with those no. folks that day, but, you know, the Cusco church has a history of being known in the community as the church who cares about people. Helps people. Yeah. Help, church who helps people, and a lot of that comes through these clinics that they've done also through concrete floors that Drew and I have poured throughout the area of Cusco. Uh, But that's a story for another day. Mm -hmm. And uh, we may have even told that story. I don't know. But in all seriousness, Jason and what he's doing, you know, those those people will, they'll be exposed to the church and coming through there, but they're going to be helped. They're going to be helped physically. Somebody's going to, you know, look at them and care for them and then, There'll be somebody who tries to plant a seed with them about that about the church and lets them go on their way. And maybe Sunday they come back, and maybe five years from Sunday they hit some hard time or have a moment and they think about that church and it may it may germinate that day. Yeah, or it may just know. get started that day, you know. And that's the interesting thing about this. And you know, but and, and we talk about here at Asheville Road, seed, plant, fruit, right? Mm-hmm. That's our process for making disciples. And so we think a lot here about seed. And the most important thing that, that we can do as Christians is, to your point, about getting getting the word out there, inviting people to church, um, God's not going to give the increase when there's no seed that's planted. Yes. And so we have, right. you Good know, point. we've got to do our, our part, and that's what's critical for all of us, right, is mm-hmm. is to do the things that we need to do through influence, through direct invitation and teaching, all the ways that we can, encouraging others. we got to plant that seed. And it's reason for celebration when people plant seed. Yeah. Um, you know, because... Mm-hmm. We have a lot of friends, and, you know, we have a lot of people here that are here because somebody planted a seed. I mean, we all are to some degree, right? Yeah. Well, and there's a danger in being focused on reaping the harvest, too, because that danger is if you're not seeing that harvest being reaped in your own time frame or at the time or in the way you want it to see it, 
it's really early, e- easy to let yourself get discouraged. And when we're discouraged, we stop working. And when we stop working, then there is no harvest. And so I think if we focus on what we can do, what we can control, um, uh, a fellowship I'm a member of, they, they, what they say all the time is do the next right thing. If we're mm-hmm. focusing on doing that next right thing, on focused on planting the seed, whether that's just showing love in the community or showing the love of Christ to someone else or teaching God's Word or whatever, if we're focused on doing that and we're successful in that, every time we do it, we're successful in it. And, and who cares what the result is? That's going to work itself out. That's not our control. Yeah. We can't force people to respond to what we're doing just like we can't force the soul to grow stuff like we want it to grow. Yeah, that's a powerful idea. I think another part of this quote that we would easily dismiss or just pass over is the phrase, each day. It's important that we think of planting seeds every day mm-hmm. and that incremental progress, gradual, slow, but steady, is is very powerful. Um, I think a lot of us try to grab a big handful of seed and throw it out there twice a year in whatever it is that we're endeavoring to do because you know life is a grind you've got the fires you got to put out you've got kids that have needs and job obligations and I mean we we do think about planting seeds in terms of our careers and child rearing but most of the time, I don't know about y'all, I'm thinking about the extra stuff that life is really about. You know, most 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 of our talk has been around evangelism. Is there something I can do every day to win souls? You know, or even if it's just thinking about strategies, thinking about people, praying for people, that counts. Just showing kindness, mercy, and grace. Yes. That goes a long way. Um, to with building up you results. come into contact yeah. with. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody in the line at the grocery store in front of you. Well, it's that idea of just reflecting Christ through our own lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he looked for ways to plant those seeds in, in the strangest of environments. Yeah. You know, I've, I have not talked um, teens in a long time until this this past quarter. And, you know, we all know what it's like to teach teens, you know, They've been really good, and they've interacted with me. But you know, you get you get some teen face sometimes, right? Where it's <laughs> you know, you, you feel like you know, is is everybody out there? You know, is anybody out there? I like that um, phrase, teen face. Have you ever used that before? I don't think so. I need um, to trademark that. Yeah, that's good. But um, you know, we we've been talking about Bible basics, and you know, I've tried to emphasize that someday soon for all of them they're going to be far enough away from home you know for for everybody in that class it's within the next six years maybe a few years more than that if they you know stay at home for a little longer or whatever but pretty soon for all of them it's going to come the time when they start making their own decisions about being part of the church and um you know, and just, you know, simple as coming to services, but really, you know, remaining faithful to God and standing and standing on their own faith. And, you know, I think, I don't know, you know, I just want to plant some things 
that maybe one day down the line they'll think about, you know, and, you know, I, I think I told them, you know, one of these days you get to decide if you want to go to Box Springs Church, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, when you're in college or whatever versus, you know, getting up and going. And, and we talked about, you know, some of the, the things like, um, you know, that what the church really is, it's the bride of Christ and, you know, he gave his life for it. And we, we talked about a lot of fundamental things, but all with the purpose of, you know, guys, it, it's coming for you. And, 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 you know, a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of parents have said a lot of things to their kids and preparing them. But you think, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be in another class with these kids to, you know, to talk about this. And, you just you just think I want to plant some seeds, and you know I don't expect them to walk out today with that necessarily, but maybe one day some thought will come back to mind. You know of something we've talked about, mm-hmm. and you know the importance of this, and you never know. You know because that's one of those areas with with our kids and with the teens. You know a lot of times we're saying things, and they're looking at us like we got three heads, right? Mm-hmm. And you think, am I planning something? <laughs> you know, is, is, you know, will, will this germinate at some point? Um, That's why the seed is a great metaphor because it's hidden in the earth when it's doing its work and you can't see what's going on. I think you guys probably had this. Uh, do you remember when your teacher would um, have you plant a bean seed in like a transparent cup or something where you could see it actually form roots and form the shoot that comes up um we're not meant to see that that's hidden in the in the ground and i think that's another reason why the seed is such a great metaphor for doing good and god's work so much of it's behind the scenes that it can sometimes sit dormant for years and years and years and then the right conditions come along and here it comes it's growing i mean that's such a cool thing to think about as well yeah and I think for all of this is, you know, the, the premise of this whole thing is don't get discouraged. You know, if you're doing good stuff, you know, and and you're trying your best, wherever it is, you know, if you're out on the baseball field and you're giving it your best shot that you've got and the results aren't coming, keep trying. You know, yeah. keep working. If you are in if you're in the office and nobody's realizing it and you're getting it after it every day, you know, celebrate with yourself what you've accomplished if if you're doing good in the church but it hasn't turned into somebody you know in the baptistry yet you know celebrate the fact that you're doing God's work and mm-hmm. that I think that's that's the focus focusing on the seeds every day and not on just the harvest we want to celebrate the harvest too because yeah. those are the big wins and they deserve mm-hmm. celebration you know, but it's not all about that. But in the grand scheme of things, the results go to the glory of God. That's no right. Matter yeah. what. That's right. I mean, that that's right. it's not to our glory; it's to to His glory. Yeah. Coming back around to this idea that we've been working on through a lot of quotes, which is learn to enjoy the journey. That's right. Instead of fixating on the outcome, yeah, the destination. That's because right. life is the journey. Yep. And uh, this is yet another quote that's led us to that. So. We're, we're working on it. Well, that's a good place to, to stop. I got some exciting news as we go out on this podcast. We have an Instagram account now. 
Now that right. is awesome. So I have something to say at the end of the podcast. This is Who the main threw that together for us? Uh, well, Our internet Ava person? helped me out. A oh, lot. awesome! Drava, so, Drava has Drava created Enterprises this for us. Enterprises went to work for <laughs> us, and uh, we've got it. It's a passages underscore podcast. You can find it just searching on Instagram. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, we have something like uh, I think we have thirty followers. It's unbelievable. It's more than one. It's I amazing. A seed, and it has it's blossomed into this. I'm prepared to retire phenomenon. in the near future as this thing goes viral. Yeah, <laughs> and I, we and we get our first sponsor. I asked Ava. I said, "Should we? Uh, should we open accounts?" Wendy's. We're still here. <laughs> I asked Ava, "Should we open accounts on Twitter and Facebook?" She said, "Nobody looks at that." I said, "Well, they have a few billion users, but I'll go with you on that because I don't have time to." Watch them, but as we, long as we don't have to start making dumb TikTok videos, that's all. I draw the line. Oh, we that. Yeah. that will never happen. No, we have a face for radio. Absolutely, <laughs> I don't think we need to be on the TikTok doing a. There's a reason. There's a reason that the image on the the podcast is silhouettes, silhouettes. that are not us. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the fact that mine is not drawn to scale. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I love that you think there's one. Yeah. I, when we first made that, Tim's like, mine is a little lean. I'm like, how do you know which one is you? Oh, we know. If you because it's you the know. biggest one in the group, but he ain't big enough. <laughs> We appreciate everybody listening and uh, the feedback you give. It's just been overwhelming, and we enjoy this, and it's just great to have people enjoying it along with us. So stay tuned. Jason, we wish you well on your travels. Safe travels. Come back to us safe and sound. And uh, until next time, keep listening to Passage.